You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you for making me a part of your day. We're getting to things a little bit earlier because the Thunder have media availability at noon. And be on the lookout for all the video from that at LockedOnThunder.com. I will tweet out those links at G-E-E-H-S-O if you're not following me on Twitter. I'm an entertaining follow. I tweet out lots of things, not just sports, but there are all sorts of things I get into on Twitter. So I just wanted to gloss myself there for a second. Coming up in this episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast, we'll hear from Corey Brewer. I'll tell you why Playoff P is awesome, but there are other playoff versions of guys I would like to see and see them coming up in Game 2 Wednesday night against the Jazz. Plus, Billy Donovan will tell us what the bench needs to do a little bit better in order for Oklahoma City to win this series. In segment number two, The Jazz and the Thunder, very unique organizations considering the fact that they're both small market. They're both the only major league team in each of those cities. I'll tell you why both of these fan bases need to stick together. I've seen some Jazz fans that really don't like the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't understand that. Maybe it goes back to the whole Ennis Canner thing. But there's some unique opportunities here for both the Jazz and the Thunder over these next few years and why it's probably in our best interest to root for the Jazz and in the Jazz's best interest to be rooting for Oklahoma City as well. And in segment number three, we'll talk about what Russell Westbrook needs to do to win over the narrative to certain national talk show hosts that just keep going for the low-hanging fruit with Russell Westbrook and some overreaction to the situation down in San Antonio. It seems like a lot of people are riding off the spurs since they're down two to nothing. While it may be okay for this year, next year, let's tap the brakes on that. My name is Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City for four years. I'm a credentialed member of the media. Thank you very much to the Thunder for keeping me a credential member of the media. I'll be going to practice today. I'll be going to all the games, and I'll do my best to bring you the stories that the players, coaches, and front office want to talk about, and I throw my opinion in on that and and try and make this as relatable as possible because that's the way I was taught to do sports talk radio. We get into some X's and O's, and there's a little bit of numbers, but quite frankly, there are guys out there that do a much better job of that than I do. One of those, namely, is David Locke, the voice of the Utah Jazz and the host of Locked on Jazz. And I would recommend that you listen to his podcast because it is fabulous, especially if you want that complete X's and O's and numbers breakdown. Uh, One last thing about me, I work for a publication called Thunder Digest, and I host another podcast called The G League. You can find that at iTunes, and I'd like to thank Chuck Cheney also for keeping me on staff this basketball season. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to go to LockedOnThunder.com. We've got all our podcasts archived, as well as video from players and coaches from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's jump into segment number one. Playoff P was fabulous on Sunday night. Paul George said that he had an alter ego called Playoff P, and he certainly proved us right, not only on the offensive end, but the defensive end as well. By now, we're all still just in awe of his 36 points that he scored on Sunday night. And as great as Playoff P was, 
I need a little more playoff J, Jeremy Grant. I need a little more playoff R, Raymond Felton. And Patrick Patterson, well, I guess you could be playoff double P or P the second, however you want to say it. I need more from you guys. And that's the struggle. The, 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 the struggle that we have dealt with all season long as Thunder fans, yes, as they say, the struggle is real. The bench and the starters very rarely play well on the same night together. If the starters are struggling, then it seems to be on the bench to pick things up. If the starters are having a good night, it's almost as if we see the bench decide they're not going to do as much on the offensive end. Now, that's not to say that Oklahoma City's role players didn't play extremely well defensively against the Utah Jazz, but it's not enough to win this series for Alex Abrinas to score 11 points and then everybody else off the bench score a combined six. That's not going to get it done. Utah is too good of a team and you've just got too many guys like Alec Burks who can come off the bench and score 10 points. Another guy in, who was it, Jay Crowder who can give you 13 last night. Dante Exum. Remember this guy? Remember when he was drafted, how he was going to be the next big thing? He's coming off the bench for Utah. He gets 10 the Thunder not only need to match Utah in intensity, which I think the bench is done, because Utah has, plays a pretty fiery, tough brand of basketball, but they've also got to match them in production. Billy Donovan was very happy with the way that the bench played defense the other night. Here's what he says the bench is doing right and what they need to do better if the Thunder are going to come out on top. You know, like I've always said about them, you know, I think sometimes with, with them we you know, can have situations where we don't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, but as long as they're defending, you know, I think that's a discipline group. Um, they're connected. I think Ray does a great job of, of, of leading that group, communicating with them, getting them all on the same page. Um, I think Jeremy and, and Patrick have complimented each other very, very well. And then having Paul in that group with Alex, um, you know, they, they did a good job. And, and then certainly with the way Paul shot the ball last night, the, the, the second unit, you know, played well. But they've done a good job all year long, you know, and uh, they're, they're dependable, they're reliable, and they, they really work hard. How does that change the calculus of what you can and can't do when they're playing pretty good for you? Well, you try to let them stay in there, you know, normal rotation. If they're if they're going a little bit, I'll try to, you know, extend their minutes and play them a little bit longer. You know, if they've got a good rhythm and flow going, I think you have to do that. Um, you know, Jeremy, I thought, you know, had some opportunities in the first half, didn't convert on them. Um, but in the second half, you know, he played well. So he went a little bit longer with him because he was playing well. Being completely frank with you, as a nervous fan who watched his Yankees blow a 3-0 lead to the Boston Red Sox and then being a Thunder fan who watched them blow a 3-1 lead to the Golden State Warriors a few years ago, I'm not going to be calm until this series is over. And a lot of people are talking about how Utah is going to have to match Oklahoma City's physicality. And maybe that's true. But the longer this series goes, the more physical it gets, the more both teams get worn down for the next round. And for the Thunder, that means taking on the Houston Rockets, who, while they had a tough matchup with a very talented, underachieving Timberwolves team, I still think that the that the Rockets are going to blow through that series. The T-Wolves will probably get one, but ultimately the Rockets, game one, James Harden was incredible. Man, he's taking it to another level. At least in game one, I don't think anybody can question whether or not James Harden can get it done in the playoffs. And oh, by the way, we'll revisit that coming up in segment number three because it has there's something to do there 
with Russell Westbrook. But the but the last thing we want and need as Thunder fans or people that follow the Thunder is this team to be worn out by the second round because the only way this series, or the only way this season, I should say, is successful is if the Thunder get to the Western Conference Finals. Now, some people say second round. I say you got to get to the Western Conference Finals because that recruiting pitch to Paul George gets along stronger. And I know what Paul George said. It's not a requirement to go to the finals for him to stay here. But he also didn't say that it wasn't a requirement for him to stay here. And if you see success on the horizon, you're a lot more likely to stay where you are than than bolt for what Paul George thinks is greener pastures. One guy I cannot, absolutely cannot get on, even if he... Even if he was healthy, I don't think Corey Brewer could guard Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anybody can. The guy's just a dynamo, and he's going to be incredible this entire playoff series. If if Donovan Mitchell has a bad game, it's more on him than what anything the Thunder do defensively. Corey Brewer on a bad knee, a sore knee, still gave you 33 minutes last night. I do wonder, though, with that sore knee and it hampering him, and I know he and Billy Donovan have a relationship from when Don, from when Corey Brewer and Donovan were both at Florida, you might want to watch those minutes. And you might want to cut back on Corey Brewer's minutes just to give him the rest. I know he wants to play. He's a competitor. After the game, he let us all know that it doesn't matter how bad his knee is, this guy is going to play. It's tough. You know, he's a good player. He had a a great game tonight. You know, I got to slow him down. You know, for us to win the series, I got to stop him. From your experience in the postseason, what's the advantages of having these games where you can go back at him, you know, study the, the film tonight and know his moves on Wednesday? Um, that's a great advantage. You know, I like studying film, especially. That's how you stop guys. You got to know their moves, their go-to moves, and try to make them do something they don't want to do. Considering the knee's still sore, how good is it to have a couple of days off before you guys play game two? Uh, it's great. You know, I can't believe we don't play till Wednesday. Normally you get one day, but it's great to have two days. What do you have to do different to slow down Donovan Mitchell? Um, you know, he's got to make it tougher. You know, I think I, I let him have a lot of easy stuff. He got, he got four, three or four easy ones in transition, which we can't give up. He's been an absolute godsend for the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Come on, let, let's face it. None of us, none of us thought Corey Brewer, who was averaging 13 minutes, would give the Thunder everything that he's given him this year. But Corey Brewer, you are becoming a cult hero here in Oklahoma City. And I'm surprised I haven't seen more Corey Brewer jerseys. Maybe it's just because everybody thinks he's going to be around here one year. You know what? I'll buy a Corey Brewer jersey to go along with my Raymond Felton jersey and my Carmelo Anthony jersey. I don't know. Just like guys that wear headbands and guys that used to play at New York. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your host, Eric G. Coming up next, I got a tweet today. And it was about something I wrote in jest about Sam Presti. But we are going to take it to that whole, hey, if you want to say this about Sam Presti, you could say this if this happens with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Is that a good enough tease? This is the Locked On Thunder podcast, and I am your host, Eric G. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Business owners, if your target demo is men between the ages of 18 and 44, listen no further. Come to the Locked On Thunder podcast. More importantly, I would encourage you to come to the Locked On Podcast Network. All you have to do is get in touch with our representatives, David Locke, our fearless leader and boss. You can get him at Locked On Podcast 
at gmail.com, lockedonpodcast at gmail.com. We have very reasonable rates and some extremely good metrics, especially if you are looking for men 18 to 44 to spend money at your business. And if you're a web-based business, there isn't a more perfect place for you to advertise. I say this all the time, but it bears repeating, especially for you business owners. 98% of the people that listen to this podcast are men. 80% of those are between the ages of 18 and 44. So don't hesitate. Email LockedOnPodcast at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPodcastNetwork at gmail.com and become a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment number two now of the Locked on Thunder podcast. And here in a second, we're going to get into why the Thunder and Jazz fans need to be somewhat of a cohesive unit. I think it's all right for us to sort of hate in air quotes on each other here for the next few nights because we let's face it, if you're a Thunder fan, you want the Thunder to win. If you're a Jazz fan, you obviously want the Jazz to win. But there are some similarities that need to be discussed. But first, let's get into Sam Presti whom I tweeted out on Sunday night after Paul George went off that Sam Presti is now up for executive of the year again because of the Paul George trade. Some of that was tongue-in-cheek. There's an element of truth to that, but some of that was tongue-in-cheek. And I get a tweet from a guy who says, well, I don't see it because Paul George is going to be gone after this year and Victor Oladipo just went off and killed King James. Well, first of all, Let's talk about Victor Oladipo. He's had a phenomenal year. And unfortunately for Sam Presti, Victor Oladipo falls into that category of guys that have left Oklahoma City and have gotten better since they were out of the Thunder system. And some of that now is being blamed on Russell Westbrook. I don't necessarily think that's a stretch, but I also think that that's unfair to Russell because in order to play next to Russell Westbrook, you got to have a certain constitution. And if numbers really are that important to Russell Westbrook, you need to learn to live with that and figure out what your role is. It's not to say that Russell doesn't need to include you, but you got to have a little testicular fortitude to play next to, to Russell Westbrook. When it comes to Sam Presti, though, as much as that is a knock against him, He has some things working against him. One of those is that Oklahoma City, no matter how much we like it, isn't going to be that great destination for free agents. Neither Salt Lake. Salt Lake hasn't historically. Oklahoma City hasn't so far for 10 years. What Sam Presti has built here is through the draft and through trades. And the same thing goes with Utah. You've got to sort of piece things together. When you have guys like Gordon Hayward leave via free agency or Kevin Durant, you've got to be on your toes and already looking for the next thing to constantly keep the ball rolling. And it's not easy. The Thunder had to take a back year because of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook had to carry the team. And that season was all about him and becoming the MVP. So be it. Thunder still made the playoffs. Where you can say Sam Presti is executive of the year is no matter how many players leave Oklahoma City, no matter how much better they are when they're not with the Thunder, as long as the Thunder stay successful, which they have under his reign, even if it hasn't produced a championship, from a nationwide view, Sam Presti will be thought of as a fantastic GM. Because of all those things I said, Anybody that goes to a city like Salt Lake or a city like Oklahoma City and can have consistent success 
even if it doesn't mean that a Larry O'Brien trophy is residing in the front hall of your arena, is still going to be looked at as one of the best GMs in the entire association. That's just the way it is. And as two fan bases of small market teams, it behooves us to sort of stick together. And I've read some comments from Jazz fans and heard people from the Jazz say that they don't particularly like Oklahoma City, and I'm not sure why that is. I, I don't know if that goes back to the whole Ennis Canner thing and the fact that Oklahoma really embraced Ennis Canner and he liked it here and said bad things about the Jazz when he left, or if there's something tied to Seattle. I don't know what it is, or if there's there's something else going on there. Maybe there's something I'm missing in the, in the Jazz-Thunder rivalry that you can tweet me at G-E-E-H-S-O and I'll go, oh yeah, dude, I completely forgot that. But if the Thunder somehow lose this series, as painful as it is, we as Thunder fans need to root for Utah. We need to see them be good. And for Jazz fans, they need to see the Thunder be good because it gives us hope. And I know that sounds cheesy as all heck and a lot of people don't want to think of the Thunder as a small market team, but the facts are the facts. And both of these teams are always, or both of these organizations, I should say, are always going to need guys who are savvy, who understand the trade market, and more importantly, have that used car salesman thing about them, where they can pick up the phone, call another GM, and acquire a guy like Paul George. And even if it is for just one year, one year, and the Oklahoma City Thunder end up going to the Western Conference Finals, then mission accomplished for Sam Presti. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your host, Eric G. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in segment number three, Russell Westbrook's going to need to do this one particular thing or two particular things in order to get certain national hosts on his side. I'll tell you what that is next on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Hey, if you're a fan of sports and you want to go one-stop shopping for every piece of information that you need to get on Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL, then go to LockedOnSports.com. It's daily podcasts from local experts on every team and all three of those sports. There are also articles written and other goodies as well. That's LockedOnSports.com. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get familiar with some of our great podcasts around the country like Locked On Jazz, hosted by David Locke. Locked On Spurs would be great to listen to right now with all the Kawhi Leonard stuff going on. And for you Major League Baseball fans, don't skip out on Locked On Astros and Locked On Red Sox. In NFL, hey, Locked On Seahawks, take a listen today. That's the Locked On Podcast Network at LockedOnSports.com. Locked On, the Locked On Network, your team every day. As we wrap up today's Locked on Thunder podcast, I've come to this conclusion, and I don't know how revolutionary it is, that Russell Westbrook just needs to quit being a dynamic player. That's it. That's all he can do. If Russell Westbrook stops being a dynamic player, then he will be accepted by the likes of Colin Cowherd and other national talk show hosts around the country who continue to accuse him of running off teammates and being a guy that's about the numbers and and, and stat padding and 
everything else. And it doesn't matter how often I play this quote from Carmelo Anthony, people aren't going to buy it. Well, the knock on Russell, Russell is some, sometimes people say that he's selfish. I mean, as a guy that's not play, played with him for a few years, what would you say to that? I mean, he averaged a triple-double, triple so it's hard to say somebody's selfish when they average a triple-double, you know? I think it's just uh, people don't understand his mindset, and I think people can uh, kind of take that and you know and, and put a, a wrong a wrong perspective on kind of his mindset and what he's trying to accomplish. And at the end of the day, his main focus is to win, and he would do whatever he have to do to go out there and win. And that's that's something that I think that uh, I've come to you know love about him and. Uh, being able to go to war with him every night, day in and day out, uh, something that you can appreciate. Uh, but I don't, I don't. I think people who who says those type of things, who make those type of comments, um, really don't understand kind of his mindset and his approach. And uh, I think I have a better understanding just being around him on a day-to-day basis. So maybe I'm biased when it, when, it, when it comes to that, but. Uh, I, I understand his mindset, and I know what he's trying to accomplish, and I know what he's here to try to do. The other thing Russell Westbrook could do, and, and, and I just want to say this right now, because we're going to talk about Greg Popovich here in a second. We are media people, and if you're nice to us, we'll be nice to you. And if Russell Westbrook was as, as engaging as a guy as Carmelo Anthony was or had that Steph Curry smile about him, yes, he would be liked a whole lot better. But Rush just is who he is. And as long as he's going to take on the whole anti-hero thing, he's going to get some things working against him. And I've said this before, and I'm sorry for repeating it, but maybe that's ultimately what helps Russell Westbrook. It's just having people be naysayers. He uses that as a chip on his shoulder, and then all of a sudden puts up these extraordinary numbers the way he is doing right now by averaging a triple-double in back-to-back years. Real quick, I do want to end on the San Antonio Spurs saying that I think we're overblowing their demise a whole heck of a lot. Yes, it's not going to end well this year. They're going to get knocked out, maybe even swept by the Golden State Warriors. And yes, Greg Popovich is throwing darts at Kawhi Leonard by praising LaMarcus Allridge for his great night last night. But if you think necessarily that Kawhi is out because the organization is mad at him, the players are mad at him, Pop is mad at him, Let's tap the brakes on that because Kawhi Leonard is not an unrestricted free agent for another couple of years. In fact, he's got two years left on his contract and he's set to make 20 and $21 million respectively. Or he could become, actually, I want to make sure I got that right. He could become a res- an unrestricted free agent in 2020. So yeah, still two years left on his, his contract there. I believe this can get worked out, but maybe I'm being a little Pollyannish about this. The Spurs are a hard organization to leave because I don't know that guys can really function once they've been in that Spurs system outside the Spurs. The other thing is is they're going to win, and Kawhi coming back will make them better. I don't believe there's anything that can't be smoothed over with a glass of wine, like Greg Popovich likes to drink, and probably Kawhi Leonard as well, and just some talking. And before I see, before I've got to see it, it's just one of those things. Seeing is believing. I have to see the Spurs fall apart before I'm actually going to declare them dead. The other thing I will say, and this is something Greg Popovich needs to be cognizant of, because I did hear Sean Salisbury going off on him the other day on his radio show on SB Nation Radio, is there are people getting tired of his act. 
when it comes to the way he's treating reporters. Now, how we deal with him as reporters is this. Yeah, we like you better when you give us stuff, but Pop falls into this weird category, and I think I'm batting a stellar one for five or something like that with Pop question. He's only really given me one good answer, and that was about opening night. Everything else, I, I've been played the fool like everyone else. Yeah, we like you better, but we all want to be like my Pop. He is that cool teacher. He reminds me of Professor Loving when I was going to OU. We all wanted an A in his class because he was the toughest professor Pop is the toughest, smartest guy in the NBA. So even when he destroys you, we all come back with our tail between our legs and then we go right back because we feel if he destroys us four or five times but one or two times gives us a great answer, then somehow we're accepted. Call us gluttons for punishment, whatever you are. But this does play into this. Danny Amendola said Bill Belichick was an a-hole. Yeah, some guys get tired of that act. And maybe Kawhi Leonard is tired of that act that's a TBD to be found out a little bit later. This wraps up the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow as we get into a more in-depth preview of the Jazz and the Thunder for Game 2. Until then, remember, ELE, as the great Jackie Moon said, peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.